Iowa basketball falls tonight in overtime to Wisconsin, 78-75. We break things down, instant reaction style, some good, some bad, and some frustrations. We go into the final two non-conference games of the season for the Hawkeyes. A lot of hoops talk to kick things off. The transfer portal. Well, early on in football, it giveth and we're still waiting for that second domino to fall. Should we be concerned about Iowa football not delivering? Nobody since Cade McNamara has committed to the Hawkeyes. That's all coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in once again. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. You podcast listeners, five-star reviews. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we get going here, as we kick off the week in a weekend that was a frustrating end to things on Sunday night as Iowa falls in overtime, 78-75. Plenty of opportunities in this basketball game. Of course, the lead with about 10 minutes to play, up by six, their biggest margin at that point in time. It felt like maybe Iowa was going to put this one away. After a slow first half, they get the lead, but ultimately it was about Wisconsin making plays. And, you know, I think that's a big part of this. Yes, this is going to be the Hawkeye perspective, and there's going to be things that we're going to talk about that are frustrating and have some concerns going forward with this team and, and what they're going to be. But ultimately, the biggest takeaway, I think on a big picture scale, you know, if you're looking at this from not just the Hawkeye perspective, that Wisconsin responded. And I hate that, guys. I, I just, I hate those guys. I hate that program. They, they're what we aspire to be, right? As a basketball program, the way that they recruit, the way that they just continually, year after year, it doesn't matter what kind of parts leave. They are consistently good, year in, year out. They made the runs. They've got to the second weekend. They've got to a Final Four. They played for a championship. It's what we want Iowa basketball to become. And I get that. And losing those guys, it just sucks. It really does. But for a night, they were the ones that were making the plays. Every time that Iowa punched them in the mouth, they had a counter and they were ready to go. So I think we need to put that out there right away, just realizing that, yes, there's frustration. We're going to talk about them here today, but you do, yes, have to give credit to those stinking Badgers because they responded seemingly every single time. Iowa gets off to a slow start and, and not a surprise. You know, after what we saw on Thursday night, in the win against Iowa State, I, I think there was real anticipation that this is something that could happen. Used adrenaline, coming off the loss to Duke, quick turnaround, ready to go, and they jump out to that 15-0 lead, and they're up, what, 20-2, to and they're really just coasted into the victory. There are some numbers out there, some true shooting numbers, some analytical-based numbers that said oh, that game should have been a lot closer. Iowa shot lights out. Of course, Iowa State didn't, and that game could have gone different. It didn't. Iowa got the win. They dominated, and it felt great to do that. But then after playing those two games so close together, yeah, you got Friday and Saturday off. But again, another quick turnaround with this Wisconsin team coming in. It wasn't a surprise that Iowa came out flat. And yet, even with that, 
a performance in the first half where you're not playing well, you're not shooting it well, you're just flat. And to have that game tied, you feel pretty good overall. And you have the comeback at the end of the half, you had the lead for a while, and you're going back and forth with it. You're going toe-to-toe, you go into the second half, and that's where I felt good. At 48-42, it looked like everything was figured out. But unfortunately, one of the big components of this game, and something that Frames should have used a timeout, and it wasn't a timeout because things were slipping away or anything like that. It was just a lineup that was out there on the floor. And the stretch where they had the six-point lead and the combination of Kingsbury, not the old man, the walk-on, Josh Dix, a freshman, playing his first ever minutes in a Big Ten game, Peyton Sanford, who has been nothing short of brutal for six weeks now, Connor, and Tony Perkins. I mean, that's the group you're playing with. You're basically playing Connor McCaffrey at the five. He's had to play four. You got guys that have never been in this moment before. It was just, they went with that lineup. Okay, you, you want to try to steal 30 seconds a minute, get a blow for Rebracha. I get that. I understand it. But, boy, that lineup was out there way too long. You ended up having the game. And it was great seeing Kingsbury hit a three, right? I mean, you get the memories if you're an old person like me, and you get the memories of the old man, and all that's well, well and good. But, look, you don't want him out there having to play 10 minutes a game in a Big Ten game. And certainly not at this point. I mean, this game was super important. And the importance of this game, getting off to a 1-0 start. Since they made the change into playing these Big Ten games early and trying to get, of course, the 20 conference game schedule now, that means you're going to have to play these December games. You're going to have to get the conference started a little bit earlier. I, I get all that. But in a moment like that, and I was had so many bad starts, a perfect opportunity. A, they only played one game as opposed to two. But how many 0-2 starts have we seen from Iowa basketball? This was picture-made, and that's where a lot of this frustration comes. This was there for the taking. There were opportunities, and it's just every time they had a chance – both in regulation and then, of course, in overtime. When they had that chance to put the game away, they just couldn't do it. Credit Wisconsin. But, man, that was frustrating. And to think this team easily could be sitting there, get through the non-conference, plus this one league game that they played. You'd be sitting there at, what, 10-2. and two. You're feeling great. And now this loss is just going to linger and it's going to sit there. And then you would look what happens when you get ready for Big Ten play after the two games that they have coming up to finish off the non-conference schedule over the next couple of weeks. And you go on the road to Nebraska. Purdue struggled there. And without a bad whistle, Nebraska easily could have won that game. Penn State, who just went to Illinois and absolutely clobbered. That is the most veteran team in college basketball, Penn State. And you got to go out there. And suddenly what looked to be a real possibility of a 3-0 start not only are you 0-1, but those two games look a lot more difficult than they did even a couple of weeks ago. So you have that component to it. And it's not crazy to think that suddenly this team is going to be digging themselves a hole. And after that, you come back home and you got Indiana. So that's where some of this frustration is. Let's get into the game a little bit more. And I mentioned Peyton Sanford. And this is something that is a huge concern with this team. This team is limited shooting the basketball. You look up and down the lineup, and you look at these guys and the way that they're playing right now. Aaron Euless wasn't able to go tonight, but when he's out there, he's not a great shooter. I mean, that that's not his game. His game is his ability to get to the rim, running the offense, doing those things. That is his strength, and of course, what he does on the defensive end of the floor. Well, he's not a great shooter. Tony Perkins can hit a shot, but that's not what he's known. Or I mean, we're not talking about you know a knockdown forty three percent three point shooter or anything like that. 
Connor McCaffrey shooting it well. Patrick played incredibly well offensively tonight. Again, great to see that. And the confidence that he was playing with. He had some big, big buckets for Iowa throughout this basketball game. But this is just not overall, this is not one of Fran's better shooting teams. And especially with the struggles that we're seeing now from Peyton Sanford. It was another just bad performance out of him. As he goes from the line, two points, 0 for 5 from 3, 0 for 2 from 2, hit a couple of free throws, had three rebounds, and a turnover. That's what you got out of Sanford. And these numbers, taking a look at what he has done now throughout this season. For the three-point line, hit one against Iowa State. You hope that maybe that was something. He was 0-4 against Duke. One of five against Georgia Tech, 0 for three against TCU, hit one, one of three against Clemson, 0 for four against Nebraska, Omaha, 0 for two against Seton Hall. First two games of the year, he was shooting well. Three three pointers in both those games since then, not even close. And if Peyton Sanford's not shooting the ball well, he is not a guy that can be out there because he's got the green light, he's going to fire, and he's going to have those opportunities. But if he's not hitting shots, that's a huge concern. For this team, need to get him going. Now, you have an opportunity here these next couple of weeks to do that. I mean, these are teams that absolutely you should throttle and easily coast in. Southeast Missouri State coming up next Saturday after finals week. They're favored by 24 in that game. And then after that, they get Eastern Illinois. They're favored by 32 against Eastern Illinois before Thursday, December 29th. That matchup, as I mentioned, against Nebraska, and then the road trip as well out to Penn State then on Sunday. So that's what's in front of them here over the next couple of weeks. Sanford, that is a huge component. Got to get him right. There's a lot more. Iowa played without two starters. Aaron Eulis was out, and Chris Murray was out. How long is he going to be out? More basketball talk here. We also got to talk about the madness that is the transfer portal. We'll get into that as we continue here on Locked on Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's a positive experience. It's so easy to do. Look. I know technology a little bit, but I'm not some ace out there. I can get around a computer a little bit. LinkedIn Jobs makes it so easy, makes it look professional, exactly what you want to do, and find those right people for your small business. Add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. It helps spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Trent Conda back with you once again here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Hit subscribe, five-star ratings. That's what we're looking for. And help us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we continue here, more on the basketball front and what's going to be happening here over the next couple of weeks and what needs to happen for this team to hit their panic button. I know there's people out there losing this game that the frustration gets there. It was a rough week. Look, the Duke game, 
Iowa just didn't play well. And as good as the Iowa State game was, that was one of three. You know, you're hoping at minimum here, this team could go two and one. If they could get to three, you know how incredible that would be. Well, it's one and two. Of course, it's not worst case scenario. That'd be an 0 for three. But it's kind of on the low end of what we are anticipating, what we are expecting going into. So you have that component. And speaking of not hitting the panic button, this team right now still ranked 24th in Ken Pomeroy. This is a analytic-based uh, stature that statistical model that takes a look, and it is predictive, basically saying what a team's going to be more than likely going forward. That's good news. Now, this is not a team that is kind of skating by on, on hope and a wing and a prayer. They got to get Chris Murray back, and he is the best player on this team. He is the NBA talent on this team. Tony Perkins, you also got to get right. We talked about Peyton Sanford. Outside of Connor McCaffrey, and we saw Patrick tonight, but and nobody's playing at their highest level. And I guess that's why I don't want to hit the panic button right now. Now, another part of the game that people want to talk about is the technical fall from Fran McCaffrey. And the national media, as always, they get it wrong. And they don't understand Fran. Now, one thing about Fran that I personally can get frustrated with is he just goes from zero to 100, right? And you look at guys like Tom Izzo, you know, the way that they work the sidelines, Greg Gard, and it's just constant, and they're in the official's ear, and they're talking, and they're John, and it's the whole game long, and it just never ends. And that's not Fran, and I like that part of him. But when he loses it, he goes from zero, zero to 100, and it's very easy to get the technical. Now, I don't know what was said. As they panned with the BTN cameras, it didn't look like he had said anything, but he was staring him down. And then afterwards, he was really staring him down. <laughs> Back from the staff. Look, I love Fran. I really do. I what he's meant for this Iowa program and pulling them out of the doldrums. You have to give credit to the guy. Yeah, do we want to see more? Absolutely. I get that. Yeah, we want to see more from him. And we want to see more from this program. We want to see a sweet 16. We want to see you know just the talk and the buildup going into that second weekend. I get all that. But he answered a question a year ago what he did in that Big Ten tournament, something that had been its own problem for Iowa basketball in the Fran tenure. And he got that. And he got a Big Ten title in the tournament championship. So you have that. And you just keep getting there year after year after year. And they're going to break through. They're going to get there. But that's one. I get it. The national narrative, it was completely wrong. Look, there's still so much season to be played. And the health, that has got to be a big part now. It doesn't mean Tony Perkins, maybe he needs to take a night off. You're talking about Perkins hasn't been right this year. We, of course, have been without Aaron Eulis as he was gone again. We know the Chris Murray injury. You're playing a walk-in out there 10 minutes in a Big Ten game. Carter Kingsbury. That's where this team is. They're not deep. This is not a deep Fran team. DeSante Bowen, super inconsistent. He's a freshman. That's going to be the case. You just look at up and down the roster and can still get there. But I think it's just going to take maybe some more work than we've seen in the past. I'm still confident. Fran certainly do- deserves the benefit of the doubt. He has taken worse groups than this and made them NCAA tournament teams. Now, I don't think that this is a team they have to be concerned about being an NCAA tournament team, but I get it. We want more. We want more. We want to see more. And because of that, that is a huge, huge part of this Iowa basketball program. Again, they're off for the rest of the week. So they're going to get right, hopefully get healthy. You got two easy games in front of you. And because of that, you're suddenly going to be saying, all right, 
This team's going to be sitting at nine and three. You go into conference play. You got those two road games, two winnable road games against Nebraska, Penn State before Indiana comes to town. And our conversations definitely can be a whole lot different. Well, we've been talking a lot about the transfer portal. Of course, a little over a week ago after we got the commitment from Cade McNamara, it was all exciting. It was what this is going to be, how the change is going to be, how exciting that is going to be. Well, the excitement's maybe dried up just a little bit. We're still waiting for that second commitment out of the transfer portal. We'll talk about that more as we come back here on Locked On Hawkeyes. A lot more still coming your way as we shift over to a little bit of football. That's right. We're talking football here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Stay right there. We're back with more in a moment. Today's episode brought to you by Simply Safe. Here at Locked On Hawkeyes, we believe home should be where you and your family feel the safest, safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Hawkeyes listeners 40% off a new security system. You don't want to put this off. I have it at my house. It is absolutely incredible. Love the high tech that you have. Just hop on the app. You can see what's going on in front of your house, what's going on behind your house, all kinds of sensors, high-tech technology. Absolutely love it and what they do. It is awesome what they do with Simply Safe. It was named Best Home Security System in 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. That is the third year in a row that that has been the case. In emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service under a dollar a day less than half the price of a traditional home security system. With the top rated Simply Safe app, that's what I love. Stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your camera, or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big with my favorite security system. 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. Simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. Trent kind of continuing with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. For your second listen every day, don't forget about the guys over on Locked On Sports today doing a great job with the biggest stories in sports. Everything happening across the world of sports, NFL, MLB, on and on and on. Even the World Cup, they got you covered. Beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So as we roll through here, time to shift our attention over to a little football. As mentioned, Cade McNamara, it was an exciting time. We're pumped up. You got your quarterback changes offensively, all these different things that we're fired up about all excited. And then we still wait. So this past weekend, Iowa brought in a couple of guys, a couple of guys on official visits. The first, of course, was Eric all tight end at Michigan played two seasons ago at an incredibly high level. He was all big 10 had 35 catches that year, big play tight end athletic guy, good size. He can block. I mean, he is custom made for the Iowa offense and coming in with his connection to Cade McNamara. They're incredibly close. It made a lot of sense. Well, he went through his visit this weekend and didn't commit. 
That's all well and good. Like, this is still going to be a waiting process. This is going to be something that is not going to all happen at once. It's not going to be maybe the avalanche that some people were hoping for, anticipating that we were going to see at this point in time. But that was one that you felt really good about. And it didn't happen. Now, it doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean that Eric All has gone elsewhere. That's not the case. But he still has a visit set up to Notre Dame. The pop and circumstance of Notre Dame. Yeah, that's going to be something there. So you got that component of it. So, all right, you got that part. The other guy, the wide receiver from Hillsdale out in Michigan, who visited Iowa State last weekend. He was in Iowa City uh, this weekend. That one, well, at this point, still no commitment. So Tesla visited, no commitment there. Okay. Seth Anderson, another wide receiver from Charleston Southern. Talked about him, and I'm just excited about his dad. His dad was Flipper Anderson. For you older people, remember him in the 80s, running around making plays for the Rams. Him and Henry Ellard, oh, what a one-two combination those two guys were. Had a big season, had big numbers. He's a guy that looks like he can just kind of translate right away, but we're waiting. Should we be concerned? I'm not ready to go there yet, but I have my own concern. And my own concern is this big picture thing. I love Cade McNamara. I love the swagger. I love the leadership qualities that he has. And you hope health-wise, he's going to come back and be ready to go. But talking last week on my radio show, and for you don't know, I have a radio show here in Des Moines on KXNO 106.3 FM. You can catch it on the iHeartRadio app if you're outside of Central Iowa. I'm from 11 to 1 each weekday. And have Tom Cakert on from Hawkeye Report. He joins me each and every Friday. And as we were talking to him on Friday, the question about kind of the future of what this offense is going to look like, changes that are going to be there. And of course, Brian Ferentz came up. And it was Tom's opinion that, I don't know if likely would be the term, but there's a real possibility that Brian Ferentz is going to come back. And that just frustrates me to no end. Look, there is nobody else. There is no coach in college football that would have six years of ineptitude in a job and would be welcome back. He has been horrible at his job as offensive coordinator. There's no two ways about it. He has been worse than Greg Davis. He was worse than Ken O'Keefe. He has been bad at his job. And for the people out there that want to have him stay on, I know there's a big part of the fan base that wants to see that and thinks, you know, he was a good offensive line coach. He just put him back there. No, you have to completely divorce yourself of Brian Ferentz. It's not a good situation for if they do go that, go that route and if it's a demotion for Brian Ferentz. So he goes back and he's a line coach or a tight end coach or whatever it is. He's still going to be there. And he's still hanging over. It's still the coach's kid, right? It's still hanging out there. It's not good for the program. It's not good for the offense. It's, it's time for new ideas. It's time for a fresh start. And if it becomes even with the demotion that he's hanging around, that's not the best thing for Iowa football. Is it a realistic possibility? It sounds like more and more many people believe that. I I can't envision. I've told you also throughout the last couple of weeks, I also don't envision, obviously, Kirk firing his son. I mean, it has to come from Gary Barta. It has to come from outside influences. It has to be Brian looking at this and saying, look, I'm ruining my father's legacy if I continue to stick around and be as bad as I have been in my job. Does he have the ability to step away to swallow his pride, to preserve the legacy that his father has built? I don't know. But that's where I am. And yet I continue to hear more and more people that say, oh, it'll be okay. 
Hey, it'll be fine. Now, just get a couple of weapons out there, and they're going to be all right. You need to be more than all right. He has never coordinated an offense. It's in the top half of college football. Six years. Top half. It's 131 teams. We're not shooting for the moon here. I get it. We know the style that Iowa's going to play. We know the way that they are built. Yet, even when you take and you take tempo out, and you take plays out, and you just look at it in efficiency measure, he is terrible at his job as an offensive coordinator. Coordinating an offense. Putting out a product. Yet, that's where we are. We will see. I hope I'm dead wrong. I just think for the betterment of the program, you just have to completely rid yourself of Brian Ferentz being there. No run game coordinator. You know, and if we're served up this year, that's John Budmeyer, who was a consultant that came in, quarterback coach, but couldn't even be an on-field coach. He was an offensive coordinator at Colorado State. All right, we're going to hand the reins to him. And yet, ultimately, nothing's going to change. That's not what this program needs. Like, you don't have to completely throw everything out. We're not talking about going air raid. We're not talking about going triple option. We're not talking about completely revamping what you do. But you have to evolve. And just keeping the same people in charge and shuffling some deck chairs around, it doesn't work. There's a program in the Big Ten that tried to do this just a few years back. It was Michigan State and Mark D'Antonio. Tried to do the exact same thing. Didn't fire his guys. All he did is move them around. And it didn't work. And very shortly afterwards, his time at Michigan State was over. I respect Kirk Ferentz too much. I don't want it to happen this way. But this thing can get ugly. Hey, they had their opportunity. They had the chance this year, and they doubled down themselves. Kirk talked about that in the spring. We're going to bet on ourselves. Well, it didn't work. He had the 130th offense in the country. It didn't work. And you do it another time, setting up to be bad. Setting up to be really bad. Let's go out. Let's get some guys. Let's get some wide receivers. Let's get some commitments. Let's get some excitement going in that transfer portal. Some other names out there as well. Uh, just running through a little bit. From an Iowa perspective, a couple of guys that have departed. Keegan Johnson, he is on his way to Kansas State. Look, Chris Kleiman, he'll do a great job. And that staff, love the way that they run their offensive system. Of course, a Big 12 championship this season for them at Kansas State. That's where Keegan Johnson will be, and I'm sure he'll do a good job. I know there was plenty of rumors, and we talked about it here on the podcast, possibility of, even after he put his name in the portal, a potential that he would be welcome back or was thinking about maybe coming back. That didn't come to fruition. You know what? Another one. Rip the Band-Aid off. Iowa struggles to get good, good wide receivers. He's a talented guy. But the way that really this last calendar year has played out, going back to the bowl game, unavailable for that one. Spring practice, not available. Working through the injuries. Comes back. Plays in the worst game he possibly could with Nevada in that long delay that we had in that one and played one other game against Nebraska. It just it didn't work. I think there were too many fences that need to be mended for him to even be welcome back. And ultimately, he'll do a good job at Kansas State. It's up to Iowa now to go out and find some replacement, find some big plays. Justin Jacobs, this one stinks. Is a guy that you invested a lot in, that you put a lot into, and he's going to Oregon. He's going to go to Oregon, and he's probably going to be a very fun player. And we're probably going to see him draft to the NFL, and it's going to be frustrating knowing that we have this guy. This guy was a starter, and this is a guy that you need with the departures at the linebacker spot next season. And he's going to be out there playing for the Ducks. That one stings. Arlen Harris, a running back from Stanford. Iowa was heavily involved with him in the recruiting process. He ultimately went to Stanford this past season. Just got a couple of uh, snaps. He is going to be going to Iowa State. Look, with Caleb Johnson coming back, it's going to be difficult for Iowa to get any kind of difference maker at the running back spot, be it 
in the recruiting world of high school level or in the transfer portal knew that and it felt like very early we kind of found that out with Arlen Harris and his decision but he's going to the Cyclones and of course we'll get to see him uh, next season. Ernest Hausman was a, a guy from Nebraska played well here during his freshman campaign. Iowa needs linebackers he was on his visit all right all well and good. Well, now Michigan and Ohio State are stepping around. All right, there's a little bit of a problem there. Talked about Eric All, uh, Tesla, the wide receiver. We talked about him a little bit in South Anderson. Those are some of the names right now that are being bandied about. As more information becomes available, of course, we'll pass it along here to you. Busy week in front of us and a slowdown period just a little bit. Finals week going on. That'll be no women's basketball, no men's basketball. Wrestling team is off. So we got some other nuggets we'll be talking about. Plenty on the transfer portal. As more information becomes available, we'll make sure to pass it along with you. Never miss a day here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for joining us here today. Frustrating one on the basketball front. Let one get away. Plenty of opportunities against Wisconsin. Let's get healthy. Let's get right. Let's win those last two non-conference games and get ready for Big Ten play. We got you covered here. A lot more coming up this week on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Go Hawks.